Coming up here on the Exports Podcast, special edition for the region tournament, we'll have head coach of the Wilson Memorial Green Hornets, Coach Jeremy Hartman. And joining us here on the Yak Sports Podcast, we have head coach of Wilson Memorial's boys basketball team, Jeremy Hartman. And Coach Hartman, thanks for joining Leland and I. And uh, first off, you know, I know we joked about it before we started recording, but I want to apologize if uh, I jinxed you there. I emailed you on Wednesday or maybe Thursday morning asking if you could do an interview. And of course, naturally, uh, you guys lose the next two games and all of a sudden, I'm glad you made the postseason. I was really worried that I had jinxed you all completely and cost you a playoff game too. But uh, you guys have Spotswood coming up. Talk about just in general the season. I mean, obviously, it's a different season in terms of it's the first set of high school sports played uh, versus having to wait for football to wrap up before you can get all your kids in necessarily. And and then, of course, no fans for the entire right. season. What was that like? Um, you know, it's just been an interesting it's just weird. Um, the first, the, the lack of fans is crazy um, because it's just, just like an empty gym and you're just like, it's just this eerie feeling. But on the flip side of that, I think the kids have really responded. So, you know, we always talk about bench demeanor and um, supporting your team and being a great teammate. And I think the kids have really picked up on that. So the benches become more active and they've kind of created their own energy. Um, but, you know, I'm just thankful that kids have had a chance to play um, because it looked like for a while we weren't going to get to play at all. And, um, you know, we had open gym and workouts, but there was no contact. So it was just kind of like crossing your fingers and hoping um, that you get to play. But honestly, um, the biggest thing, like the most difficult thing has just been the administrative side of things. Um, doing the pre-screening, taking temperatures before practice, um, you know, making sure kids is haven't developed any kind of like random symptoms. Um, and that's all before we start the basketball stuff. Once we get to the basketball stuff, that's, you know, that's smooth sailing, but the administrative stuff around it has been tough. So you've also this season, you've been able to coach your son. Mm-hmm. Talk about that experience. Uh, obviously uh, you haven't coached him uh, at high school basketball previously. This is your only opportunity for it. So talk about what you've learned as your, about yourself as a coach during this process and also as a, as a father? Um, honestly, uh, as a coach, like I'm at the point now where I almost hate it um, <laughs> because it's, it's just one of those interesting dynamics. Um, and I've tried to really, really separate it. Like when we walk outside of the school and outside of the gym, we get in a truck to come home. Like I'm dad. Like I try not to bring up basketball anymore unless he asks. Um, I just kind of say my piece before we leave, even once we leave, I'm, I'm back to dad, but it's been tough. Um, and I think I hold him pretty much to a higher standard than I do anybody else. Um, so he takes a brunt of a lot of criticism and, um, he, he, he's handled it fairly well, but I'm also at that point where I don't want to jeopardize the father son relationship per se. Um, over the player coach relationship because I think the father son dynamic is more important. But man, there are some times where I'm like, I walk in the door and I go to my room and he goes to his and my wife is like, I'm not <laughs> playing referee tonight. Like, I'm not um, so it's been tough. And in a perfect world, I wouldn't do it. Um, I would sit back in the stands and eat my popcorn and watch him play. Um, but I'm thankful for the time that we've had together. Um, so we've 
kind of grown in our relationship and learned how to handle each other per se, but there's still days when he probably is saying some pretty nasty things about me in his head and (laughs) the feeling's probably mutual. So it's been tough, but um, it's an enjoyable experience, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it on anybody um, because it's just so difficult to navigate, um, you know, coaching your son and you don't ever want to be like, Oh, you know, you're playing daddy ball and his kid gets away with everything. Cause you know, dad's a coach, but um, thankfully Jackson's, you know, played pretty well and, and um, done some good things, but man, I, I don't know that I would do it again. And my younger son is not interested in basketball. So I think I'll get out, you know, I'll get away from it um, here in a couple of years once Jackson graduates. So I want to ask you about um, some of the other players on your team. I know I've, I've been able to catch Wilson a few times this year, and it looks like in addition to your son, it looks like Mensa and Finn Irving in particular have really stepped up uh, for your mm-hmm. ball club, especially moments last night in particular, when you guys needed baskets, it felt like those two guys were there, especially in that fourth quarter, when you had a little bit of a run there at the beginning of the fourth quarter, Fen Irving kind of took over when you needed him to, uh, talk about just the, the growth there with those two guys. I know Mensa, I think is a senior, but Fen Irving's coming back, I believe. Yeah. Finn was on varsity last year as a freshman. Um, and he played, you know, sparingly, he had some good moments on a couple games, but, um, you know, this year he's really grown. He worked on his game, you know, just he made tremendous improvement over the summer and he's really become a go-to guy. Um, we've always kind of felt like we almost have like a three-headed monster because you got to pick your poison. And if one of the big three gets hot, I don't, you know, you, you really got to make a decision. Um, Finn is probably our best shooter. He's one of the best shooters I've ever coached in high school. Um, that kid can just flat out knock it down. Like um, if you leave him open, most of the time that's that's cash money. Um, but he he's he's gotten taller, he's gotten stronger in the off season, and he's really improved his game. And he's been an integral part of what we do. And I think he's actually our leading rebounder on the year too. So um, JZL is a transfer from Harrisonburg. He's added a dimension that we didn't previously have because I don't think anybody's been able to keep him out of the lane. Um, and so, and he's all over the place defensively and getting his hand on balls and steals. And, um, he kind of pushes the tempo for us a lot and he's been a a welcome addition. Um, I wish we had him for another year to kind of get him more accustomed to what we like to do. So, uh, there are some things that he did with coach Burgess at Harrisonburg that we don't necessarily do at Wilson that we've kind of had to, you know, get him out of some old habits, but, um, he's helped tremendously this year. So. I think the biggest thing for us is we've lost uh, Josh Johnson, who was kind of the glue to our team. He's been out the last four games with a concussion. And I felt these last two games specifically, um, we're really missing him. He's averaging just over nine points a game and about three assists. And he does all the little things and holds us together. So we're really missing his, uh, what he brings to the team. And we're hoping to get him back. we are actually kind of praying for snow this weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because if we get pushed to Tuesday, he's back. He's cleared. Monday is still up in the air. So um, we're kind of hoping, hoping we get pushed to Tuesday to get Josh back. So in addition uh, to that, I mean, I know that we've already talked about the last two games of the year. It's the first time you've lost back to back games all season. And in fact, before these last two games, your only losses have been to Stewart's draft. Uh, right. So what 
when you're talking to your team ahead of this Spotswood game, that's a tough game even if you're on the hottest of streaks. Uh, right. Coming in on a little bit of a downswing, what is the message to your team on how to kind of right the ship and get ready to go now that the postseason's on the way? Well, one of the quotes that I always – it's one of my favorite quotes, and I, I use it with the guys all the time. And um, I tell them you have to embrace adversity because it will introduce you to your real self. Um, so and how you respond to things when they're not going your way kind of determines how things go the rest of the way. Um, and I'm a big Villanova fan, um, Jay Wright and attitude. And that, that's kind of the mantra we've taken. Like we've got to keep the same attitude high, low. We can't, we've got to stay even keeled. And, um, attitude has to be positive. So today in practice, I mean, we really just focused on, Hey, we didn't play well last night. Hats off to Fort defiance. I thought they played a great game. Brandon uh, Falk had a great game plan and they beat us. They just whipped us. Um, but we can't let it, beat us again. And, um, you know, we spent two hours a day prepping for Spotswood and, you know, I've won my share of games up there when I coached, uh, the Robert E. Lee girls, and that's a tough place to win, um, boys and girls side. So we got our work cut out for us, but it's basically, we just got to get back to the grind and just focus on what we do. And, um, the big thing with Spotswood is handling their pressure. If we take care of the ball, we get good shots. I feel like we have a good chance, but, uh, Carmelo Pacheco is a handful, so um, we're gonna we're gonna have our hands full there, trying to stop him or slow him down at least. I mean, I mean this is a tough region to to jump into here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, no disrespect to the Shenandoah District. I mean, it's a tough Shenandoah District is a tough task as in itself. Right. But then going into Region Three C, where you're playing Spotswood, and then you're gonna play the winner of Charlottesville and Brookville, I believe. I, I mean, those are just a bunch of names of good basketball. Charlottesville was one of the top ranked. Uh, class three teams uh, during the season this year. Talk about your mindset going into this tournament against teams that you haven't commonly played uh, throughout this season and, and how you get your kids ready. We, we just really try to focus on uh, fine tuning what we do. Um, we were fortunate. We had a chance to play against Charlottesville last year in a regional tournament. Um, and some yeah. of our kids play over there in the summer and work out with some of those kids. So there's some familiarity, familiarity there with those kids um, but man jumping from 2a to 3a and in, in this region and we're fortunate um, western uh, you know unfortunately you know had a, a positive test and they're out so I mean sheesh western's in the region too and LCA's tough um, it's, it is a tough re- region um, we feel like matchup wise uh, we probably match up better with Spotswood and um, Charlottesville than we do say in LCA they're a little bit bigger. Um, Fluvanna's tough. Their guards are pretty good. So, you know, we just focus on what we do and we try to do the best we can and, and we try to make adjustments as much as we can. This season has been crazy as far as getting practice time. Um, so like we played Stanton Thursday and then had to turn around and play Ford on Friday. So like there was really no time to prepare and then the weather hit. Um, so it's just a matter of adjusting on the fly. And I told the guys last night, it's such a young team. Um, other than Jackson and JZL, we really had, don't have a lot of kids that played a lot of meaningful varsity minutes. So we got to learn how to win those championship type games. Um, and, and that's just been the focus. And we focus on the fundamentals. Um, we missed a lot of layups last night, a lot of easy ones. We didn't shoot well. We had some unforced turnovers. Um, so we just go back to basics and I'm a big basics guy. I, I don't, I don't like the flash. I, 
I think, hey, you get to your spots, get to your shots, do the, the right things. And if you do those things, it'll take care of itself. But um, we got to do a better job playing defense and rebounding. Um, Spotswood's yeah. going to be a handful. They crashed the offensive glass. Charlottesville, same way. Um, so our focus has been defense and rebounding, and um, that's championship basketball right there. Yeah, offense, as they say, offense sells tickets, but defense and rebounding wins championships. So. Yeah, and you know, looking at the the schedule and the scores, I mean, it looks like sixty is the magic number. When you guys hit sixty, it's you're undefeated. It's the games that you haven't scored sixty that have been the games you've lost. Um, but so, and I'll ask you. I don't, maybe this isn't something I I've heard mixed things on this, but playing spots. What I know in the regular season, uh, Rockingham County and the Valley District as a whole was requiring teams to wear masks during play. Is that something that this team's going to have to do in the postseason, or is that something they've lifted for the postseason? Um, what we were told is that Spotswood will have to wear masks. Mm-hmm. We do not because our county does not require it, and the VHSL does not require it. Um, so Spotswood will, unfortunately, they'll have to wear their mask. We won't. Um, so, you know, that our kids were happy about that because when we played TA and we had to wear the mask, it, they were miserable. Um, they just couldn't, like, they were going through masks. We had, you know, the disposable mask. They hated it. And that was the game we came back from 26 down and won in overtime. And those kids were whipped and they were like, never, ever again will we play in masks. So, um, you know, <laughs> Rockingham's got some some different rules and guidelines and procedures that they have to follow. But uh, we're very fortunate that we don't have to wear the mask while we play on Monday night. All right. Um We'll get you out of here on a just for fun question that we ask all of our guests. And uh, so when you're not coaching Wilson Memorial and you're not totally honed in on basketball, uh, what are you binge watching? What are you what are you watching and what can you recommend to our listeners? Um, Well, right now, I'm binge watching Sons of Anarchy for like the fourth time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, My wife was like, why are you watching this again? You've already seen it like three times. So. So Sons of Anarchy has been my go-to lately. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I, I re-watched The Last Dance. Um, with, oh, yeah. With so good. I've, I've watched that multiple times. Uh, I'm a pretty simple guy. Um, and when I'm not binge-watching one of those two shows, I just read. So uh, I, I can't really think of anything off-topic, um, off-hand that – I would even recommend to somebody watching short sure. uh, SOA is that's, that's kind yeah. of my go-to right now. All right. Well, Hey, that, that works for us. I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad uh, you we joined us. We haven't gotten that one before. So that's good. That's yeah. true. It's a new answer, <laughs> but I'm glad you joined us coach Hartman and uh, best selected Wilson Memorial in the region tournament coming up. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. And again, thanks to head coach Jeremy Hartman for joining us here, especially on short notice. Unfortunately, um, I hope I hope we didn't jinx him too much, but um, obviously we played a little bit of a role in that. Uh, But hey, but now he's not been on the podcast. Maybe it'll give him extra luck. Yeah, he'll get that Yak Sports boost and upset spots with that would be great. Um, So with the region tournaments coming up, Leland, let's take a quick look here and we'll release this. Tonight, uh, as we're recording it, Saturday night, and if people can listen to it Monday before the playoff games, great. Uh, and then we'll record our normal episode as usual and release that at its usual time extra. on Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, three 
Kentucky, uh, the boys, we had Hartman on talking about his uh, Hornets, Green Hornets playing up at Spotswood. The winner of that game will play the winner of Brookville, Charlottesville. As Coach Hartman alluded to, you would assume Charlottesville there. On the other side of that bracket, TA at LCA, and then Fort Defiance, since they won the Shenandoah District, they get to host Fluvanna. So let's talk about Fort Defiance real quick. What did you see in Fort Defiance? Uh, you just had them last night. Mm-hmm. What did you see in them to that they'll need to win this game against Fluvanna? I saw Fort Defiance play the guess, best game I've seen them play all year. I've seen them play two or three times. Um, but to me, Ryan Cook and Tyreek Vini, if they're going to be hitting shots like they did, if each one of them are getting close to 20 points each, Fort has a chance to win that game. Uh, if they struggle and go long periods uh, without scoring, I'd say for them, it's important to play like they did for three and a half quarters of that Wilson game. That start of the first quarter was not ideal. Uh, it kind of felt like toward the end of the first quarter, they started to find their groove a little bit. They hit a long buzzer beater at the end of that first quarter, and from then on, Fort controlled. So for me... If Fort Defiance plays like that, they'll be fine. If not, Fluvanna's not a bad team, and Fluvanna is very capable of going in there and upsetting Fort Defiance if they don't have the shooting that they had, especially from the perimeter. Yeah, I, I, obviously we hope all local teams can win, but they get a home game against Fluvanna, and I just don't also think of Fluvanna as being the world beater of, of basketball here. So I'm hoping Fort Defiance able to advance, and like we said, if they're able to advance, they're going to play the winner of a... Um, I know it was LCA. What was the uh, the other team? I missed. I, I moved my um, thing here. It's uh, Turner Ashby or LCA. So. Mm. That's tough. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. So then over on the girl side, the Wilson. Well, let's start with uh, the lower side. And I, I just keep moving my notes. That's my biggest problem is for Defiance traveling to Spotswood. So as much history as we put on the Spotswood boys, Spotswood girls have quite a bit of history in their own part, too. So it's going to be a tough task there for Fort Defiance to go up there, find a victory. But, you know, these are programs that are familiar with each other. So, you know, you would hope they're going to have some some resemblance of what it's going to take to win up at Spotswood. And it's just got to go see if you can go do it. Yeah. And I think for Fort's girls team, um, they play ransom girls got to be play well yeah they played a good season it's just gonna it's gonna come down to the same thing for wilson they didn't win the district so that means they have to go on the road and unfortunately this region we talk about it all the time leland on this podcast this is an extremely tough region for teams to come out of and and girls basketball is no different it's tough when you have to go on the road i mean and then that's why so many state champions in girls basketball have come out of this region Wilson Memorial hosting a game is hoping to do that. I don't have who they're supposed to play yet on Monday night, but if they're able to win that game, they'd be looking at a TA LCA winner. Uh, looks like TA and LCA playing on both girls and guys side. You know, Wilson's had a great season. They kind of pulled away in the district there. They're going to depend on that senior leadership that's taken them throughout the whole season and, and try to get, try to use that experience from the past to help them here in the future. But again, hard region. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, I think obviously once we know who they're playing, that will help a little bit in being able to assess if we think Wilson can advance. But it's going to be a tall task no matter what. No matter who it is. Yeah. Jumping over to boys, and we'll just run through this probably a little bit quicker. East Rock hosting Clark County. Strasburg hosting Buffalo Gap. Page County hosting Madison. Stanton hosting Stewart Trap. So two local teams there 
playing at Stanton, uh, a game you called just a couple of weeks ago where Stanton kind of ran away with that game. You would hope that Stanton's able to do that again. Um, Stuart well, Straft, unless you're a draft other fan. than when they played Wilson, has seemed outmanned with people, but they play good against Wilson. But we'll have to see what happens there in Stanton. I was going to say, unless you're a draft fan, in which case you're hoping it's a reversal and uh, you can find a way to win. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say seeing these two teams play just a week ago, I'm going to have to see a, a completely different set of teams to think that Stanton loses this game. They just control that game so well. Um, and, and I know that Coach Mickens has got to be frustrated that his team slipped up there in the finale against Gap uh, and and gave up a share of the district title, but I'm sure he'll use that as motivation heading into the region tournament. And that's where I give Gap a little bit of hope sitting there at the five C playing Strasburg. I don't think of the Strasburg guys as some world-beating program, especially looking at scores from this year. So I just wonder, has Gap caught a little fire? Are they playing well? They're definitely gaining confidence if they're beating Stanton Friday night to go into this game thinking they can win. Can they use that confidence on the road up at Strasburg? We'll see. I mean, uh, the the crazy thing about the Shenandoah district has been it's been an up-and-down district. I mean, outside of Wilson – who looked like the dominant team until the last two games of the season. And then they lose back-to-back games for the first time all year. It's been hard for teams to string too many wins or too many losses in a row. So the question is, can gap stay hot? Uh, it's, it's yeah. coming in. It's going to be back-to-back wins they need. So we'll see. Uh, I, I know you don't think too highly of Strasburg, but they're playing teams that are better than Buffalo gap scene. So in, in terms of being sure. battle tested, Strasburg will be ready. Looking over at the girls, Stuart Straff goes to Luray. That's a pretty impossible task. Stonewall traveling to Buffalo Gap. Stonewall's had some girl, girls basketball recently. Obviously, Buffalo Gap, you know, made a state tournament uh, run to the championship game not too long ago. Amaya Lucas playing in her senior year. Um, you know, hopefully she is able to propel that team forward. Strasburg playing at Page County and then Stanton going to Madison County. Another tough matchup. That girls bracket's pretty tough. You kind of look at Buffalo Gap as being the one. Can they find a way to win a game? I think it's going to be tough to see a local team come out of that region uh, just with how strong LeRae is up there, Madison, uh, and even Page County. Yeah, and I mean, Strasburg took a step back this year uh, on the, in that region, but LeRae didn't. And so when you look at that region, yeah, you're you're hoping maybe Buffalo Gap gets a win, uh, but it's, it's pretty hard to see anyone not named LeRae coming out of that region this year on the girls' side. Even playing less games this year, they just still have been the strongest. So it something to see, but yeah, we'll be rooting for our local teams no matter where yeah, they I stand. Yeah, I hope they prove us wrong. Yep. Looking over at Region 1B, and I think the boys don't play until Tuesday night, and that's where Riverheads is already locked in as the three seed. They will be traveling to Rappahannock County. They've played each other in these, rec- I think, last year, maybe even the year before. Um, so there is some familiarity there playing Tuesday night. You know, Riverheads is one of those teams we keep giving credit to all year because they play in Region 1B. They get battle tests in the Shenandoah, and then they play, perform pretty well in the region. Can they make a little run here out of the three seed traveling for a couple games? They're going to have to just be more consistent than they have in the regular season, and it just that's what it comes down to. I mean, I think they lost their last game to Stewart's draft here in the regular season. So for them, it, it's going to be a game where Coach Coffey is going to be asking his guys, guys, we have got to be better on shot selection and we've got a rebound. And when when I've seen Riverheads play this year, that's what I've taken away. There are just too many moments where it doesn't seem like they're making the correct decision, and, and that costs them. I know they ended up winning the Waynesboro game I did, but there were just too many moments in that Waynesboro game where it felt like they're taking shots that 
you don't need to take and they're not getting the offensive boards then. And that allows the other team to score and transition quickly. On the girls' side, Riverheads is the one seed in Region 1B, so they'll get a couple home games. They'll get this semifinal game at home against Alta Vista on Monday night, and if they're able to win, they'll host the winner of William Campbell or Rappahannock County. I think the girls are very capable of winning a couple games there. I, I'm not going to say they're not. They're the one seed for Region. They played some tough teams. They beat uh, some good teams this year. Fort Defiance just the other day, um, who is you know in 3C there on a very solid team. So Riverhead's very capable of beating many teams they play, and I think in this region – they're, they are the favorite. So mm-hmm. maybe the best team out of all our local teams, like the one with the most hope uh, to advance our region, because they are the one seed in their region. So hopefully they can, and hopefully we can be surprised some, by some of these other teams. I'd, I'd be other team advance uh, at least to that region final game. You got to remember this year, though, only the region champions are advancing to state. So there's no, you know, losing here. You, you got to win to advance now. So something to watch. Uh, hopefully everything we said here gets you ready for Monday night. We'll be back on a Tuesday night podcast or a, a dropping on night Tuesday podcast to uh, talk about what we saw from these games and, and set you up for the rest of the week. I agree, Leland. And, uh, you know, as you said, best of luck to all of our local teams in the region tournament, but it does look like Riverheads girls, probably the best one uh, in terms of odds of getting to a state championship or a state tournament. Yeah. Home, home games, one seed, always good. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this special edition of the Axe Sports Podcast. And again, we'll be back at, at our regularly scheduled episode on Tuesday night.